Well, good morning, church. It's great to see you. Are you warm enough? If you're not, move close to somebody else. <laughs> Gather in. I I'm with Brad. This is cold California weather. I don't care about people from the Midwest who say it's balmy. Go home. <laughs> Let's just confess, we have fully acclimated to Southern California and proud of it, right? So thanks be to God. I would rather live here than any place else in the world. I've lived a few other places in the world. Still would rather live in Southern California than any place in the world. I like visiting other places, but I love coming home to Southern California. Well, I want to invite you this morning to open your Bibles and take a look again at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 <clears throat> that Kamini read so well for us this morning. I have to tell you that the good news this morning is that we're all different from one another. Does that not excite you? I am glad that I'm not like you. I like you, but I don't want to be like you. I know some of you feel that way about me. You like me, but you don't want to be like me either. But we are different. I wore this suit this morning just to point that out. Is there anyone in this room that has a suit on with a tie? Thank you. There's one brother. Now, I know some others have sport coats. Those are very nice, but they're not a suit. Now, I wore a suit and this beautiful tie. I've got my cufflinks on. I've got my shined and polished black dress shoes on. Black, so I've got the whole regalia today. <laughs> Thank you, Velma. Some of you may have been around the church long enough to remember when this was standard dress. What happened to y'all? Y'all got smart, didn't you? Anytime you want an illustration of resistance in the church, it's resistance to wearing a suit. And I think that's a good thing because I don't wear a suit very often in the church. But just to say, think about this for a moment. That if it's a good thing that we're different, how do our differences set up assumptions? Even the assumptions around a guy wearing a suit on Sunday morning to church. Now, some of those assumptions might go like this. He's an old guy wearing a suit. Therefore, since I'm a young person, I'm not sure he can relate to me or I can relate to him. Or he's an old guy with an authority issue who just thinks he's got to be different than everybody else. Or he's an old guy with money and can afford that, and I don't have that money, and I can't afford that. And so 
there's a distance between us economically. And you can go on down the list and create all kinds of assumptions just based on the appearance that I have a suit, a tie, cufflinks, and my dress shoes on that somehow make me dramatically different than everyone in here except one brother. When Kamini read that book about spiritual gifts, if you go on into the rest of the chapter after verse 26 and on, it'll talk about different kinds of gifts. But I want to suggest to us this morning that part of what that chapter is about is that the body of Christ is intended by God and created by God to be different. That we as members of the body of Christ are intended to be different. And that it's in the differences between us that the gospel becomes visible. Think about that. Think about that. That passage of scripture describes the different parts of the body, the ear cannot say, and the hand cannot say, and the head cannot say. But neither can another part say, well, because I'm a this, I'm not part of that. Because what Paul says is, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body with all of our differences. And you might want to think about our differences today. All of the things that make us different. All of the things that could very well become things that separate us from from one another in ways that are not of the Spirit. For our world teaches us today that if someone disagrees with you, have nothing to do with them. If someone is different than you, have nothing to do with them. In fact, not only have nothing to do with them, say unsavory, unkind, bitter, rude things about them. And further highlight the difference because you need to stand apart and if you are in relationship with them, that'll weaken your position. That'll weaken your conviction. But folks, this passage of scripture today is here to say, contrary to what the world teaches and contrary to what the, how the world wants us to live, the body is intentionally different and God created those differences for the purposes of God, not the purposes of man. And so I say, thanks be to God for our differences. For we are incredibly different from one another. We are of different ages. We are of different ethnicities. We have different economic backgrounds. We have different educational backgrounds. We have different vocational backgrounds. We have different levels of educational attainment. Some of us are immigrants and some of us are citizens. Some of us are immigrants who became citizens. Some of us live in beautiful homes, and some of us live in homes not so beautiful.
Some of us live with, a, with an assured economic future and many of us live without any assurance of economic tomorrow at all. We're different. Some of us, we're even different theologically. Some of us are hand clappers. Not nearly enough of y'all, but some of you are. Some of us are hand wavers. The hand wavers make some of us uncomfortable. Some of us, if we really were comfortable, we'd run the aisle. There was a day in the Church of Nazarene where that was common. If that happened today, a lot of Nazarenes go, hmm. Am I right? You know I'm right. But think about that. Some of us hold a little different perspective on one theological issue or another. Some of us hold a different perspective on where the boundary is between sin and grace. Some of us hold different perspectives on when and how Jesus is going to return. Some of us are premillennialists, amillennialists, panmillennialists, or no millennialists. But here's what Paul says. And remember, Paul writes the letters of First and Second Corinthians to the church in Corinth so that the church in Corinth might be all the church that God hoped it would be. And so God writes this word to us today, hoping that we'll be all the body of Christ, all the church that God hopes will be here as part of this tribe of the church. And I want to suggest to you today that if the gospel is made visible in our differences, then the greater the difference, the more visible the gospel can be. Think about that. The gospel being made visible in our differences. Why is that so? Why is that possible? Because what does Jesus say to us? Jesus says, love one another. It's in the differences where love is made visible. It's in the differences where we fulfill the gospel. It's in the differences where the world watching us, wondering why the church can't get its act together, the world becomes aware that the gospel is alive, it is well, because the people of God who are different than one another love each other in spite of those differences. Within this congregation, there are Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, and a few others you can make up. Differences. But the call of the gospel is love one another. It doesn't say be different than one another. It doesn't say despise the difference between one another. It says 
love the differences between one another. And the gospel being visible overcomes the systemic problems of the world like racism, economic equality, all of those kind of things disappear because we have been baptized by one spirit into one body. And think about it, church. In that promise, there is hope. There is hope in our differences. There is hope in recognizing that no matter how different you are from me, there is the space of the gospel that binds us together and calls us to love one another and keeps us committed to one another so that we care for one another. So think about this. This is a life-changing, congregational-changing idea. Because if we lean into the call of Paul to celebrate the gospel in the space of our differences, think about what happens. the differences become less important and we recognize that the times in the past when we have made the differences too important, it has not served us well. Because it's easy for us, because the differences that we observe can be misused in us to create preferences. Well, I prefer this. I mean, it's even, it even happened in the New Testament. I prefer Paul over Apollos. I prefer Pastor Brad over Pastor Joe. Well, that's actually a good thing. But you see, in the gospel, there is no preference among the people of God. Because I would say, thanks be to God for the way Pastor Brad expresses the word, and thanks be to God for the way Pastor Joe expresses the word, and thanks be to God for the way Mary Paul expresses the word. They're all different, but they are connected by their baptism in the Spirit into one body. Now I'm gonna get on thin ice here just a minute. But think about preferences for worship style, music style. Well, I prefer this, I prefer that. See, I, I prefer it all, quite frankly. I love hymns, I love choruses. I grew up in the 60s. You know, choruses were a big thing in the 60s. Anybody else grew up in the 60s? If you're 70, you grew up in the 60s. Choruses were a big thing in that day. And they're a big thing now. Did you know that in John Wesley's day, John Wesley and his brother Charles upset 
the Anglicans because they were writing hymns to the bar tunes. Most of the great hymns you love today were written to bar tunes. Oh my gosh. God help us. But here's what happens, friends. The moment that my differences from someone else become expressed in my preferences that seek to separate me from my brothers and sisters, it goes something like this. It turns into this kind of passive-aggressive behavior. Well, I'm not gonna go to worship. I'm going to go to my Sunday school class, but I'm not going to go to worship. Because in my Sunday school class, they all like the same thing I like. It's really quiet in here right now. <laughs> but think about what happened. That sort of passive-aggressive behavior diminishes the gospel it doesn't put you in a place of being better than someone. It diminishes the gospel. It diminishes the word of God. It diminishes the hope that God has for the body to live out the body life in the space of its differences so that the gospel can become visible because it's when we love one another in spite of our differences that the world says they love one another and Jesus does make a difference. but it's when we engage in a sort of passive aggressive behavior and we set up preferences that sets up tension and then pretty soon we get another group that has our preferences. And now we're separate. And sometimes it goes down this path. I'm not happy about or I prefer this so I'm not gonna give my tithe or my offering. And what happens there? You don't make a constructive point in the church, you diminish the word of God. And you said my preference is more important than the word of God to me. So here we are. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are we willing to choose hope this morning? The hope of our differences? Or the weakness of our preferences? You see, we are a, an intergenerational, multicultural, English-speaking worship community. This is the most multicultural group on this campus, and we have six of them. And here we are. And we say, we want a future for this church. But I have a preference for this. So what is it we want? It's not about a future, it's do we want the gospel 
visible in the church among us. I would just say to you that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 26, there is hope for us in our differences. And I would suggest to you, based on 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4 and 5, and the evidence of the differences among the Gospels, among, among the disciples, that God took all of that and made it into something wondrous and beautiful and countercultural and revolutionary. For Jesus said to the disciples, in spite of all their differences, what did he tell them to do? Go and make what? Disciples. In spite of all your differences, go and make disciples. Now here's an idea. All of the preparation of the disciples in those three years with Jesus were for all the people who weren't present yet. When Jesus said, go make disciples, Jesus was thinking about all the people who weren't present yet. Let's make the gospel visible in our differences for all the people who aren't present yet. The church must always be about those who aren't present yet. And so here we are this morning with the opportunity to lean into our differences. On the screen behind me has been a picture the entire time I've been preaching. Is that true? Has it been up there the whole time? That picture is taken at Fish Lake, Utah. It is of a group of 43,000 quaking aspens called Pando. And they are all uniquely different, except that they all come from the same tree. And what you can't see is that not only do they all come from the same tree, they're all connected, their root systems are all connected one to another below ground. It's a great image of the church because it is that root system that sustains one another below ground. And so it is, they're all birthed out of the same tree, just as we are all birthed out of Christ and the Spirit. And yet they're all uniquely different. Church, would you receive that word this morning, whether you're here in the sanctuary or with us online, whether you're here in the United States, there are people who watch this all over the world. wherever you are, whether you're part of Paznaz or part of some other congregation, could the word of God's great hope that the gospel is alive 
and visible in our differences, bring new life to wherever you worship and new life to here. And that all that we do in the presence of God is for those who aren't here yet. Because a church that spends its resources only on those who are here has lost the mission of the gospel. So why is this important? Well, think about it this way. I've asked Pastor Marshall to start and to lead Celebrate Recovery. There's going to be some different folks here. As we lean more into the community among the unhoused, there'll be some different folks here. They're not here yet. So I think of this message today and the one that Pastor Brad preached last week when he asked us, how will you church this year as preparation for those who aren't here yet who may be more visibly different than any of us here. And my prayer as your pastor is, oh God, make us even more different than we are today. So when those who aren't here yet come, they'll be received with hospitality and grace and hope so that they too might be birthed of the same spirit into one body. And may it be that we would be the most disparate, different congregation in the history of Paznaz. So that the gospel would be visible in a remarkable way. I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to sing the doxology. And, and the words of the doxology say, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, if I had the time to rewrite those lyrics, I'd write something about praise God from whom all blessings flow out of our differences. Because we've already agreed this morning we don't want to be like one another. But you see, our differences are gathered around not being behaviorally alike or alike in some other dimensions, but they're gathered around a shared set of values rooted in Jesus Christ, rooted in loving one another, rooted in the gospel that it might be visible. And so may that be true among us. Let's sing the doxology and then we'll receive the benediction.